Good evening around the world for the 26th episode of the Pushing Rubber podcast. My name is Adam Piggott uh, and uh, this episode is going to be called the President Trump episode. Um, So greetings to all the the deplorables out there, wherever you are, um, who are getting ready to see the swamp drained of the political class. Um, by this amazing victory. Um, As I called over a year ago, over a year ago, um, I called it. I called it for Trump the day he announced his candidacy for the uh, uh, Republican ticket. I remember uh, walking into my work that morning and everyone was crowded around the coffee machine and the staff there, my work at the time. And I said, oh, someone someone mentioned, oh, you know, the buffoon Trump is running for president. And I calmly said, oh, he'll win. And I got uh, resoundingly mocked. Well, I just held, held firm in their face. So to all my friends that I still have back at that old workplace, I told you. I got a uh, bunch of calls from people, a bunch of emails congratulating me on picking this one. And I had a, a call from a very good friend, and we chatted for a while, and he was talking about it, about how I picked Brexit and picked this one. And then, um, and then he said something interesting. He said that, uh, well, you know, even though, yeah, we picked it, but it's a pity Trump is a buffoon. And I didn't really, I just gently disagreed with him on that one, but it's a really important point to make is the fact that uh, I didn't, the reason that I picked Trump to win the presidency so early was not because he was supposedly a buffoon. If he was supposedly a buffoon, I never would have picked him for it. Quite the opposite, in fact. The reason I picked Trump was because I immediately recognised that he had a very smart man who wasn't dependent on outside resources to get him across the line and who understood that the common man was sick and tired of political correctness. That's simply the reason that I knew immediately that he would strike a chord with people who probably hadn't voted for a very long time indeed. When the Brexit result came through this year in June or July, I can't remember exactly when it was, that just confirmed to me that we're on course for a real historic presidential win. And as uh, Rudy Giuliani said when he was interviewed after the victory, briefly there in the hallway of the hotel, this is the first real choice Americans have made since Andrew Jackson was elected president of the United States. So the fact that I picked it early was based on the man. I I couldn't pick a buffoon to win 
win that enormous show. The fact that I picked him so early and the fact that he's won confirms everything that I was thinking. This is not a podcast for me to crow on about how wonderful I am. And I'm not. I just saw what was going on. And so many people have seen and many people have picked this early. Mike Chernovich was on record before anyone at picking this. Anne Kutia, Box Day. A lot of people picked this one. Matt Forney. A lot of people didn't pick it. Um, I think uh, Robert Stacey McCain was a really good example of that. A month ago, he put up a post saying, there's no way Trump will ever win. And he was forced to... Well, obviously he was forced to uh, concede that he'd make an, he made an error. But he didn't, he didn't write that post because he was a never-Trumper. He just thought the game was too rigged. And he's a political insider reporter there uh, for over 30 years in the United States. So that also gives me hope that guys like him who are on the inside and thought that there was no way this was ever going to happen were wrong. Trump's uh, brief acceptance speech was really a study in, in moderate tone and a real attempt to bring the country together. He's not going in, even though he's... The way he ran was divisive. From the beginning, it appears that he's going to try and bring the country together, which is exactly what's needed. The whole country has to work together, as he said, Republicans, Democrats and independents. And that's entirely what's, what's required. He thanked Clinton immediately, said that she'd run a very good campaign, acknowledged that she'd worked very hard for the country. Whether he believed those things or not, he at least was able to fake the sincerity, which is the important thing. Whether or not the whole Clinton crime family will be locked up in irons before they can uh, escape on their plane to Qatar with all of their millions remains to be seen. But uh, there'll be a fair few tears uh, in the Clinton camp. And it was interesting that Clinton herself couldn't or wouldn't um, address her own supporters and left it up to John Podesta. I think that tells you everything about what sort of president she would have been on that act right there. Because when John Podesta told all the, the Clinton Democrat supporters to go home, they weren't going to announce anything tonight, he knew that she was calling him to concede. There's no doubt about it. They lied right to the end. It remains to be seen now whether Trump can do this. Myself, I'd love for Trump to address the United States, the nation, and say that the government will do everything they can to help people stand up on their own two feet, but they're not going to do it for them. The government's not here to save you from yourselves. The government's not here to solve all your problems. People need to take responsibility for their own lives, their actions and the consequences of their decisions. What the government can do, and what I hope Trump says and will do, will be to get out of the way. 
and let people realise their dreams. Lower taxes, cut them right back. Get rid of the red tape, the green tape, the bureaucrats, all the idiots who all they, need, all they know how to do is say, find ways to say no instead of saying yes. Get rid of the political class, butcher the bastards. And then get out of the way and stand back and let the American people take America back to where it used to be. I don't know if he's going to do that. Uh, on his ex- brief acceptance speech there, he, he talked about building infrastructure and getting people jobs, and that, that seems to me to believe that they can spend more money that they don't have and believe that the government provides jobs to people, and that's just not the case. So hopefully that's not, that's not going to be as bad as, as I suspect it might be. Um, it's been a great year. We've had Brexit. We've had the result in the Australian election where the Conservative Party were returned with just a single vote, which was what was required. Um, if you don't follow the Australian election, the, the Conservative government here deeply betrayed their core base and said that they and said that we were the deplorables. We were the uh, the deaf cons, deaf conservatives, or something, and we didn't count. And well, we we made them show that we did count, and we got the perfect result. We got we got we got the conservatives back in, but only with a wafer thin majority of one seat. And you could even argue that it's not the conservatives that hold that seat, not the Liberal Party, but the Nationals. So we've had Brexit, we've had that result, and now we've had Trump. Next year's there's the there's the Dutch election, and Gert Wilders is waiting at the wings. There's a French election, a Marie Le Pen. At this point, the only European leader to have publicly congratulated Trump. Um, It says something about Europe that it's been protected... Europe has been protected from each other for the last 70 years by the United States, doling out its treasure to garrison the bridgeheads in Europe. They haven't been defending Europe from Russia. They've been defending Europe from themselves. And no European recognised leader can call, at this point, call Trump. And at this point, it's 10 o'clock in the morning over there. I think that speaks volumes. And I think one of the first things Trump should do is completely pull out of Europe all. I mean, how long do you have to stay there after a war? It's been 70 years since the end of the Second World War. We still have troops in Germany, in Italy, and all these places. Pull them out. See you later. Korea. It's been 65 years since the Korean War. How long? What? what? Every time you have war, you leave troops there indefinitely? That starts to add up. The US has spent so much of its treasure trying to solve the world's problems and solve the world from itself. Other countries have to stand up. The only reason that Sweden, the only two reasons that Sweden has been able to spend this much money on welfare is because of the treasure they made in the late 19th and early 20th century when their economy was going gangbusters as a result of the government getting out of the way and as a result of Sweden not having to spend any money on defence since the Second World War. And that goes with every other nation in Europe. So I hope that Trump does pull out as quick as he can. And I love Europe. But come on, guys. Time to stand up. Time to take some responsibility. Here in Australia, we have a a terrible state 
taxation system called the Goods and Services Tax, the GST, and what happens is each state in Australia raises the GST, and it's set at a fixed 10%. They can't change it on goods and services. But then the money is doled out by the federal government on a percentage base. So, for example, a state like Tasmania that doesn't earn as much is given a percentage gets to keep all of the GST it raises and gives, is given a percentage of other states around Australia. So to give you an example, Western Australia that had the mining boom only receives about, I think, don't quite mean, but it's around 20, 25% of the GST, I think, if that, that it keeps. The rest has to go to prop up these other states. So what this does is it encourages states, it encourages bad policy because states, the states in Australia aren't responsible for the consequences of their own action. Witness states like South Australia and Tasmania who have gone full progressive, left-hard, eco-power, decimated their industries and yet still receive all this money from states like Western Australia and Queensland that haven't made that mistake. And it's a recipe for disaster. If you, if you, there's no consequences for your action, whether it's on, on an individual level or a, or, a, or, a, or a country or a, a national level. So I have high hopes for this Trump presidency. I really, really do. Um, I'm not in any way, shape or form believe he's the second coming incarnate. But uh, he's got as much chance as anyone else if he can stay alive to get this done. And to be a beacon of hope for other countries around the world. We have some state elections coming up in Australia next year, which could be very, very interesting with what's happened today. I think that this victory will be a, a great victory for men in the Western world. And there's been, a, and people who follow my blog know that I write about this, there's been a concerted attack on men that has been ramped up noticeably in the last 12 months, almost to hysterical levels, with things like toxic masculinity now being uh, taught in state high schools here in Australia, amongst other things. And already we're seeing the mainstream media, like I said before, trying to blame uh, the Trump victory on uh, misogyny and white men. Misogyny because, of course, we had, we had tearful... It was interesting on the ABC News here, we had two Australian... Female, of course. And if, if, if you look at all of these pictures coming out of today's election, the Trump supporters are, are made up of men and women, healthy-looking, predominantly white. You go to Hillary's shell-shocked supporters... It's 95% women, I'd say 30% white, blacks, Latinos, not too many Asians in there. They've tried to divide the country on gender. And we had these two American Australian volunteers that had gone across to volunteer for Clinton. Now, I mentioned to my wife while it was on, what on earth are Australians getting involved in an overseas election? And she replied, because they've got nothing to do with their lives. To me, it just seems it seems sinister. But they were in close to tears, and and one said, you know, finally we were going to show the world that a, a woman 
would be chosen for the top top job. It's got nothing to do in their in their minds that that the, their candidate wasn't up to the job. Their candidate was found wanting in a democratic process, and that the people chose. No, to them, it was all misogyny. And I've heard seen more than one commentator tonight make the remark that uh, there's something wrong with the American school system if the people vote this way. In other words, they weren't. The brainwashing isn't working enough. So there's been a concerted attack on men for the past... It's really... I mean, for a long time, but it's really ramped up in the past 12 months. So I think I think that the Trump presidency um, and his success should give a real boost to men and masculinity everywhere in a positive way. Um, and that's something to be very excited about. And I'll be writing uh, on my blog a lot about this in the months to come. And I'm working on my third book now, which is not going to be a memoir at all. But it's going to be a book about uh, how to be a man in a feminized world. And um, I'm actually having a meeting with a publisher in a couple of weeks where we're going to uh, discuss it because they've approached me, which is great. So here's to something happening with that. Uh, I'm not too well today because if you've been reading the blog, I've had to take these pills for a really bizarre African parasite which I picked up on the Nile 16 years ago. And the, the thing's called... Um, oh, oh, I've got to be able to read it to be able to pronounce it. But it's called schistosomiasis. Um, and I've taken six tablets today to knock this thing on the head and that's all it's needed apparently. Um, but they really have knocked me around. Uh, so that's why there was no guitar intro on this one. Um, that's it for this podcast. I just wanted to do a quick one on on the election. Um, and my thoughts on that. Shout out to Aaron Clary. Aaron, I told you, man, I told you he was going to do it. Aaron didn't believe. Aaron did not believe. Right up to the last moment. Uh, I don't want to go too, I told you so on that, Mr. Clary. Aaron Clary um, is very kind enough to support this podcast. Uh, and you can find him at captaincapitalism.blogspot.com. And he also uh, has a arsehole consultancy where he'll solve your problems for you uh, for money while being an arsehole. Pay Aaron to yell at you. It's good. Um, check out my blog at pushingrubberdownhill.com. I have my new book out, Running Guts, Poor Cones, which is uh, starting to move well. It was a bit of a... It started well and then kind of flattened out, but now it's picking back up, which is great to see. Um, if you've already read it and you've enjoyed it, leave me a review um, on Amazon. And um, you can also follow me on Gab, uh, which is a link there on this blog. So that's it for this one. Um, congratulations to all of those who believed, um, no matter when you joined, even if you only joined yesterday. Or to all of my American listeners who went out and voted for Trump, good on you. Um, and to all of my American listeners who didn't vote for Trump but feel in their hearts that maybe, maybe they made the wrong choice. Uh, as Trump said, everyone working together, um, you, should be, you should be doing your best in the situation. And I really hope he pulls it together for you all.
and to all of those around the world in Europe and all the other places who are watching what's going on, it's your turn soon to step up. Take control back of your own countries from the progressive lunatics and the Marxists who have taken them over. And take your masculinity back as well. Uh, this has been Adam Piggott of Pushing Rubber Podcast, episode number 26. Thanks for listening.